We serve a big God. And I don't understand it all, how when we come together singing these prayer songs, how God inhabits the praises of his people when we collectively come in this room and we fix our attention on him. And then as well, equally, how through the word of God, we receive our guidance that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And it's a great mystery to me that this, uh, this Wayne County boy from down in Big Sandy River gets to come here and share with you and how God can use that. But I pray that you'll stay attentive towards God because we do serve a big God and God is not done. God is alive and he's still moving. And each person here, every one of you, God is speaking to you. We sing the words of God, and we want you to get in on what God is doing. So uh, we're, we're, that's important to us because the, the whole idea that the Word of God is important is, is kind of where we find ourselves today. And so if you have your Bible... And there's Bibles provided you right in front of your row. But uh, we're going to turn to the book of Joshua. And as many of you know, today we begin a whole new section of the Bible, the first five books, the Pentateuch, the book of five. And we, we've gone through that. And now today we find ourselves in the book of Joshua, which is the first book in the book of the section we call history. The Old Testament is 5, 12, 5, 5, 12. Uh, the, the Torah, then it's the books of history. And then we have the poetry or wisdom. And then we have as well the major prophets and the minor prophets. And so today we begin this history. And we're going to look at Joshua. Joshua was one of the greatest generals we see in the Bible. He accomplished really the impossible in spite of these incredible odds and opposition. His life engaged uh, in some of the great battles. It was always engaged in some kind of battle. And many of you can identify with this because it seems like your life has been a battle, one long battle. And so we know that the background that we find ourselves here, right here with Joshua, is the Israelites were on the verge of crossing over into the promised land that God had given them. And so Joshua is standing here and he is waiting to receive God's instructions. What will he say? And I pray that you will hear God's instructions for yourself today. Verse 1, chapter 1 in Joshua. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I am to give to them, the Israelites. Verse 3. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. 
As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will be led, you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give to them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. And you may be successful wherever you go. Keep keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, Go through the camp and tell the people, Get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you as your, for your own. God says to Joshua, you've got a tremendous future ahead of you, Joshua. I am going to do great things that I even promised in the past. You are going to see everything I've promised and even more. But it's going to be a fight. It's going to be a battle, Joshua. He says, you must take possession of what I want to give you. What will the future hold is the question. The answer is that it's going to be a mixture of blessings and battles. That's true. God says to you, I have a great future for you. I, have, I want to do many things in your life. I have things that I ha- you haven't even dreamed of, and, and he wants to take you places that you don't even know about. And all your life is a prologue. Every person here, all your life is a prologue because your best days are ahead of you. But it's going to be a battle. You're, you, you have to possess your future. So in Joshua 1, God gives Joshua a pep talk. And twice in this, what we read, you see the word success or successful. And he says that every, I know for all of us, if we asked, do you want to be successful? All of us would say yes. Of course, it maybe begs the question, what is success? What is it to be successful? Success in business or in art or in sports or whatever it is. These don't necessarily always mean success. Jesus told a story in Luke 12 where he said there was this very successful farmer who was rich in this life and he had everything. He had to keep building barns because it's just success everywhere. But he was a fool when it came to the things of God. So what is it for us? What is it for us? What are God's instructions for us? And I want us to look at Joshua's life and this 
talk that God gave to Joshua. And I wanted to see it as God's plan for moving forward in our life. God's plan for moving all of us forward. It's God's instruction to Joshua. And I want us to listen in, and I want each one of you to listen in. Because the first thing is, set up a plan. You, you've got to know where you are going. Do you know where you're going? You've got to set up a plan. God plans. And God made us in such a way, that made in his image, that we've got to learn that we need to look with some direction and intention to think forward, not just to be tossed and thrown by whatever is being said about me or whatever's going on around me, just wherever the wind blows or whatever I read as I'm scrolling, that we have a sense where we set up a plan of what God is calling us to. Verses 2 and 3. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready. Get ready to cross the Jordan River. I will give you every place that you have set your foot as I promised Moses. Get ready. God says, get ready for the future. Prepare for what's ahead. You must prepare to possess what God has promised you. And here is a wonderful example of both faith and action. It's both believing, I mean, faith is assenting or agreeing and believing, and it's also putting it into action. They've heard the promises of God. Here they are on the banks. They've heard about it. Now, he says, get ready. Get ready. Are you ready? Are you preparing to do what God's called you to do in your life? Get ready. Get ready. You need to get ready for what the next chapter is in your life. Don't just wait for lightning to strike. I asked Bob Yaberg one time, just pastor to pastor. I was like, well, Bob, what, what do I do? You know, am I just waiting for lightning to strike from nowhere to know what God wants me to do? He's like, well, I just want to warn you. Getting struck by lightning is really painful, so I wouldn't say you should do that. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, last part of verse 12 and 13. Paul says this very well. He says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. What is Joshua's response whenever he hears God tell him? So Joshua ordered the people and he says, get your supplies ready. Have you given any thought to what's going to happen in this year in your life? Have you thought about that? Have you thought ahead about what's going to happen? First, get ready. Don't live. Listen, don't live an unexamined life. Don't live a life. Look at where you're going. Get direction. Set up a plan. Know where you're going. 
Moses. Notice what God says. Moses, my servant, is dead. One of the ways that you prepare for your future is to let go of the past. Joshua and Moses are very close. He's an understudy to Moses. And now God is telling him, the Captain Obvious, there's been lots of mourning, a whole period of mourning, and of course Moses being the promised leader. And he's saying, God is saying, get ready. God was saying this to Joshua. I have a plan for your life. Sometimes we get stuck in the past. And I'm not saying to you, it does not mean to forget your past, to cut off your roots. No, but there's a difference between remembering your past and learning from it and clinging to it and living in the past. We who are older, that's why we like to talk about the past because we have so much of it. That's why we do. I heard a story of a pastor who founded a church. It grew really large, and then he passed away. And the new pastor came, and he noticed at every, every turn and in every significant room, there was a portrait of the founding pastor. And it was hard for them because everything was like, oh, it used to be and how it used to be. And what he did was he took all 23 of those pictures, brought them out onto the stage the next Sunday, And he read this verse and said, Moses is dead. It's time for us to move on. What God was saying was, I have a plan for your life. Your life. Right here, right now. What do you need to bury? What is it that you need to bury Is it a bad failure in your life? Is it a bad experience? Is it a hurt that hurts you greatly many, many years ago? Joshua had to prepare himself, and part of that was he had to let go. Proverbs 13, verse 16. A wise man thinks ahead. It's important for us to think forward. God says to Joshua, set up a plan. I want to say to you guys, Next 20, 25 years, you two over there too, young parents, the next 20 to 25 years for you is going to be blessings and battles. And it is hard. And I want you to know God has great promises for you. He has great promises for you in raising your kids. And there's many blessings in it. And if you're going to spend the next 20 to 25 years in this, listen to what God says. Be strong and courageous. If you're going to spend these next years in the battle, be strong and courageous. I want to challenge you today. Think forward. Be intentional. And here's like, well, Johnny, what does this mean to set up a plan? How do I know? Because some of you may be rightly thinking, oh, is it just always about my plans? Don't do it as the world plans. You know, they planned and they leave out God altogether. Not as Christians planned where they make their own plans and then they come over here and ask God to tack on a little bit of God to it. No. 
I would encourage you, plan according to God's criteria, knowing God's way. And that's the importance of second. And that is staying in the Word, knowing the Word. This is why it's so important for you to know the Bible and to know the Word of God. This is why we want you to value your Bible. This is why we're making this journey in all 66 books to show you that the story of God is great. And He's not done. He's not done. And He's inviting us to be a part of it. God says to Joshua, You're going to be in the battle for the next 25 years. You're going to be fighting, and the Bible is your instruction manual for conflict and the manual for fighting battles. Did you hear that in your parenting? The next 20 years, you're going to be in a battle. Listen to the instruction manual. For you who are older, the same thing is true. We have got to see what the direction and the criteria, the Word of God. Look at verse 7. Verse 7 says, Be careful to obey the law. Do not turn from it to your right or to your left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Don't turn from your right or to your left. And so many of us, we get sidetracked. We get excited. And then we get sidetracked. Sometimes it's good things like a career or maybe it's sports or maybe it's a hobby or maybe it's a relationship or maybe it's financial difficulty or an illness or having more children. Whatever it is, sometimes you lose your focus. Stay in the Word. Verse 8 is one of the great promises of the Bible. Read it. One of the greatest promises in the Bible. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Here it comes. Listen. Then you will be prosperous and successful. It is not your ability, but is your commitment to his word promises that will bring success in your life. How do you stay in the word? And he gives it right there. Don't let it depart from your mouth. Talk about it. Don't be ashamed to talk about what you're learning, quoting a scripture. There's many times when I'm talking to folks, I'm talking to Sherry, and something joggles in my mind, and we have to be more open to talk about what God says in his word, to talk about it. And then another thing right there as Joshua gets his instructions from God is to meditate on it day and night. Think about it. Think about it. If you're having trouble sleeping, instead of letting your mind wander, focus it on even some of the words that you've learned growing up. Think about the Word of God and then be careful to do everything that has been written in it. Always obey it. Obey what it says. What does it mean to stay in the Word? Here's what it means. I talk about it. I think about it. I live it. I want to encourage you today. That's what it means. God's Word straightens me out. When I make mistakes, when I tend to drift, when I get sidetracked, it straightens me out. It shows me the path I need to walk on. It's good for for reproof and and good for me to stay grounded. It's good for correction. It's good instruction for me as a parent, as a husband. It's good instruction for me as a friend, as a pastor. It keeps me grounded. It keeps me on the straight. It's it's instruction in righteousness for every person if you want to be a part of what God's doing. The Bible says that God's word is your soul food. Charles Spurgeon once said, a Bible that is coming apart is usually owned by someone who is not. 
And I would encourage you, your Bible is very important for you to be grounded and keep you as you make your plan and keep you directed correctly. But this takes me to the third part of the instruction that Joshua receives from God, and that is you got to step out in faith. Step out. Many people think faith is something that you believe, but here it is doing something. Uh, You know, I can believe that planes fly. I mean, I can even see them and witness them and go, hey, yeah, look, those planes, they fly. But I really show you whether I believe a plane can fly or not when I actually get on one. When I get on one and I, it takes me somewhere. You can say all kinds of things about, oh, yeah, I believe God is real. Have you gotten on the plane? Are you really trusting him? Have you stepped out in faith to, to really trust God? Have you moved and taken that step? Some say, I believe in Jesus. Satan believes in Jesus. The importance for us is to commit yourself to commit yourself, must step out in faith. And for us in our everyday, ordinary life, the same thing. And three times in the passage, the most common part of what we would all know about Joshua is these words in verse 6, verse 7, verse 9. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. There are going to be a lot of things in your life that will distract you, that will discourage you, that will depress you. But be strong and courageous. Step out in faith. We know the background of this. Here they are. They've seen a whole generation not receive what God had promised them because they were afraid. And he's saying to Joshua, be strong and courageous. This is your day. This is your time. Remember, you are, you're doing this who you're doing this for. You represent the King of Kings. You believe in God Almighty. And I want to, if I told you what you were going to do in your life or where you were going to go, I want to encourage you. So many of us, we don't know kind of what's going on. But when God tells you to do something, He gives you the power to do it. And God has never sponsored a flop. If you trust Him, He will come through. And those two things are the enemy. Afraid and discouragement. Afraid and discouragement. Most people are afraid of what it looks like to trust God completely. Or they grow discouraged and they give up. These are the two enemies. Fear keeps us from getting started. Listen, fear keeps us from getting started and discouragement keeps us from continuing those two things Joshua was a man of courage what is courage courage is not having it's it's not having no fear it, it, courage is moving ahead in spite of your fear courage is when you move ahead in spite of the fear and and you witness to that person 
even though you don't know how they're going to react. It takes courage. Listen, it takes courage as a student to be wise. It takes courage to, to know the Word of God and to be educated in the Word of God. It takes courage to be exceptional. It takes courage. And in this watered-down reality TV world that we're living in, anybody left that will stand up and have the courage to step out and believe God. This story, this story right here, literally, verse chapter 3 as we move ahead. And many of you know the story, but it's where God's people inherit the land. God said, I want the priests to go out in front. And as they go out in front, they'll be carrying the Ark of the Covenant. And, and I want the priests to start walking out into the water, taking that step of faith, trusting me, and I'm going to do a miracle. Now, can you imagine, here they are with the Ark, and there they are, and there they get to the river's edge, and they're like, okay, this is either the dumbest thing we've ever done, or this is going to be incredible. And they step their foot, and when they step their foot, the waters, they literally are held back, and they cross on dry land. It's an amazing story. It's an amazing story. Verse, chapter 3, verse 15, as soon as the priest stepped into the river, the water stopped flowing and it piled up. Listen, the principle I want you to remember this morning is the principle of the first step. It's always the hardest. Isn't this true? Like when you sit down to take a test, like an essay or something, it's the first sentence is the hardest. If you're writing a term paper, that's the first. It's like I got to get the first. And then I'll get, what do we say? Then I'll get going. Sometimes that first step is the hardest. And that's what I'm trying to speak to today for you in your life. The verse that really captures Joshua's character is found at the end of his life after he's lived through all these battles. Verse 15 in chapter 25, later in this book, Joshua said at the end of his life, Choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Have you made that decision that you will serve God, that you'll consecrate yourself? Consecrate for yourself today. For tomorrow, God will do amazing things for you. Get ready. Get ready. Make a plan to move towards God. Be grounded in the Word. Take a step. Make that step towards God. And after you've taken that step of faith, I challenge you to make these three commitments. This is what I want you to pray about right now in this moment. And by the way, if, if there's anybody here who's, who, who feels like God is calling them to a relationship with you, and you know that God's calling you right now, and your step, like your step right now, is to receive Christ, I want to invite you to the cross. Are you guys over here? 
Eric and Billy are here. There'll be other pastors if you need them. If you've never given your life to Christ and like your step is the step today, I want to invite you to the cross. Do it right now. As you're sitting here, I want you to pray. I want you to pray. I'm going to spend some time praying and planning. I want you to set up a plan. Think about what God's calling you to. I'm not planning to play the fourth part of the Trinity here today. I will allow God, you each have a story. I will not try to be manipulative. I will just know that God has probably been speaking to you about whatever it is that you need to do to follow him. You do that. Think about what's your plan? Here's some questions for you. What can I do? What should I do? What will I do? I want to encourage you to think about that and set up a plan. And then secondly, I want you to make a commitment to stay in the Word. Make time. Make a commitment to increase your time with God in His Word to know it more. There's somebody here today that's never read the Bible in your whole life. That's your commitment to say, I'm going to take the Bible in the pew rack in front of me, and you're welcome to do that because you don't have one. And you take that Bible with you, and you start reading it. And begin in the book of John. You can look in the table of context. You start reading that today. Make a commitment towards that. And here's the third thing. Make a commitment to step out in faith. Some of you, it's joining a small group. Some of you, it might be get involved somewhere in ministry. Be a more giving person. God's calling you to whatever it is. Step out in faith. Father, I thank you for each person here and all of our story. And Lord, thank you for your great invitation to be a part of what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, for loving us and for desiring to have a relationship with us. Lord, today I pray that you would help us to respond to you. Lord, I pray today for each person here that you would help us to be listening to what you're calling us to, your instructions for our life, Lord. Help us to think about that. Help us, Lord, to be grounded in your word. And Lord, I pray that you'd give us courage to step out. Help us, Lord. Give us courage. In Jesus' name, amen.